Hello and welcome to the Bucket List Board Gamers, the podcast where board gamers come together to talk about board games. I am your host for today's episode, Jay, and I am joined by Andy. Hello. And we are also joined by Laurie from Stop, Drop and Roll Games. Hey, good to be here. Thanks for joining us for this one. So today we are going to talk about Aircon. February the 14th to the 17th, have I got that right? March. March. March, there we go. I told you I'd get it wrong. <laughs> so yeah, March. I, I always think it's in February. I don't know why. I've done this about 100 times. I keep saying to Amy, are you ready for February? And then she's like, no, it's March. So yeah, 14th <laughs> to 17th of March. We'll just uh, correct myself on that one. But we're going to talk about that last year's event briefly and then move on to what we're looking forward to on on this year's one. So we all have a bit of a different perspective on it. As Andy, the more experienced board gamer, I'm the sort of novice board gamer. And then Laurie obviously has the whole selling the board games, standing, promoting the board games aspect of it. So we will all cover cover different areas, hopefully. So yeah, last last year's was a I thought it was a really fun event. It's obviously it's nowhere near as big as UKG, but I think it benefits from that because it's a lot more personal and it's a lot more about sitting and playing games with friends than actually the buying and selling of it i suppose it's a good one to promote games at and it's a good one to sit and play games at with people but you don't generally don't go home with a massive shopping bag full of games do you at aircon it's more about taking them with you rather than i mean andy's looking a bit shifty there i, I did come away <laughs> with two or three two or three bags last year we'll get to that <laughs> that was mainly a zatu mystery box so that's what padded out my uh my purchases but yeah, it's, it, it tends to be a bit more of a, a social thing, I think, than than UKG. And I think that's a great selling point for it. I don't know about you two. Yeah, yeah. I'd agree with that. I think there's there's so much space dedicated to it, isn't there? There's just kind of so much opportunity to either just kind of sit down and play something with somebody you've never met or just yeah, being able to meet up with people that you've either planned or last year in fact we just ran into some people that we knew that we didn't expect were going to be there and they were in the queue for the bring and buy i think and so that was nice so we kind of managed to get a bit of an afternoon playing some stuff with them as well god i remember the queue for the bring and buy last year my god it stretched around like three halls i think it was it was immense i'm well done for getting to the end of it <laughs> well yeah i think we got there i think we didn't do that until the saturday afternoon i think I think kind of the queue for dropping stuff off to sell was, yeah, it was crazy, wasn't it? And I'm a little bit apprehensive about that for this year, but we didn't do too bad queuing in to go and look at stuff to buy. Um, that, wasn't, that was never too bad for us. I, whenever I got the chance to not be on the stand, it was generally the chance of like, right now I can go, I can go and have a look at other people's exhibits. I can go and have a look at the bring and buy and things like that every single time. I had some time off from the stand. It was like, no, that queue is my entire break. Never mind. Yeah, yeah, we didn't even bother with the bring and buy last year because we, as I say, I'd already bought quite a few games from from the Zatu stand on day one, and then a couple of other bits and bobs we picked up. I think we got a couple off Firestorm that I'd, I'd ordered to collect from Aircon. So we knew space was a premium because we drove up and we were staying in a cottage nearby. And the car was pretty full when we set off from home. So I was like, we can't buy too much because we're not going to be able to get it home. And actually, in the end, Kay, who also does the podcast, they they were there and they had some space in their car. So we packed a load of stuff in their car to bring back, which was really kind of it to do. So that's why we dodged the bring and buy, because, yeah, when I go in there, I tend to buy stuff. I'll buy sort of 80% stuff that I want and then 20% speculative that I think, oh, that might be good. And if not, it's probably worth a bit of money and I can sell it to get more money for games. So 
I, I didn't really want to go in because I knew I'd come away with bags of stuff. But yeah, I think it's great that it's so busy all the time. It's just when, like you say, Laurie, when you're on a time limit, getting in and out is, is a bit of a pain. The first day last year, it was like a snow day, wasn't it? So for about four or five hours, it was dead because no one could get there. And then all of a sudden, I think the train lines had closed or something. There'd been a tree falling on the tracks from Leeds. So it was just really, really quiet. And I think people were a bit worried at first that it wasn't going to pick up but thankfully I think the rest of the weekend was just rammed wasn't it which is what you want really. It was pretty unfortunate for us because um, we weren't able to make like coming up the day before uh, happen so we had to try and and like shoot up early in the morning to get there before it opened and get set up and all the rest of it. Because of the snow uh, we didn't end up getting there until like maybe 10 o'clock which by which point you know it's all open you're actually not allowed like after that point they're they're normally like no you know after nine you're not allowed to come in and set up anymore but because of the snow thankfully they let us in but god we were we were not we were not enjoying that drive up (laughs) stuck in traffic for four hours uh desperately trying to get to harrogate watching the time slip away going are they even gonna let us in oh god it was a bad one wasn't it i mean we the place we booked to stay, which we're going to stay in this year again because it was so nice, was about 15 minutes away from Harrogate by car, but it what it is on a farm, and the road to get in and out of it is like a steep valley, so you drive down one bit and then up the other. And driving in the day before to get set up and get all our stuff in and stuff, it was fine, and the second we closed the front door and locked it, the snow set in. And I was like, I hope this stops by tomorrow because that road was treacherous without any snow on it. So God knows what it's going to be like tomorrow. And then, yeah, we woke up in the morning. It was like a good, what, three or four inches of snow had settled. And we just looked out of the window and went, I don't think this is like feasible. Um, And my other half's a lot braver than I am in terms of driving. So she's like, well, we'll be fine. We'll get there. So we just took it really, really steady. And then, but then we had to park at the top of Harrogate and walk down. And that walk was the most treacherous thing I've done in a long time. I was sliding all over the place. We were holding on to lampposts and walls and stuff. And there's like 80-year-olds overtaking us who, who obviously prepared for it and got spikes on the shoes and stuff. You know, it was like little crampon things. And we're stood oh like hobbling God. along walls and stuff trying to get down. But once we got there, again, it was a bit of a, a unique atmosphere because it was like the people who had actually made it there was a bit of camaraderie and everyone was like oh i can't believe what we braved to to get here and stuff and and it made it a, a little bit special again and i'm i'm a sucker for snow as long as i don't have to drive in it so <laughs> I, I quite liked it it did look really picturesque but yeah it was it was a problem especially for you guys that you've got to get i assume quite a lot of stuff there as well so i assume you had to park in the car park at the top of harrogate and walk down but did, were you allowed to drop your stuff off before you did that or did you have to carry it all the way down thankfully they made an exception and let us stop in the loading bay even though we weren't really supposed to anymore because of the snow they were like look you know if we leave it any longer if it takes any longer it's going to get more and more of a problem so just park up outside get your stuff in through the doors quick as you can security were not happy but we made it work <laughs> um and um to be honest i i I completely agree with you about what you were saying about that sort of camaraderie about it. And and it was kind of one of those things you see in people uh, meeting up, like obviously people people come from all over to go to Aircon. And one of the lovely things about it, having such a big gaming space is you have groups of friends from all over the country all come and meet up there specifically to play games. So you get, we had quite like a close 
a stall to the open, like to the beginning of the of the venue. And so you you saw quite often people coming in and being like, oh, hey, it's you. And, and you know, they're all like, you know, big hugs, you know, oh, we made it. Yeah. And yeah, it was just that lovely kind of, there isn't the expectation of everyone getting there anymore. So when someone makes it, it's a big triumph. Like, yeah, yeah. congratulations. It was really lovely seeing that. And I think it's great that they accommodate for the weather as well. It, it would have been so easy for them to go, no, sorry, you've missed. I know it's bad, but you've missed the deadline done. Yeah. Whereas the fact that they're open to being like, yeah, we understand. And, and they want you there for their event as much as you want to be there, don't they? So it, it's a mutual Absolutely. thing for them to do that. The event itself, aside from the weather, I, again, I think it was, I'd say it was better laid out last year than the year before. I don't know if either of you went the year before, but it was... It seemed to that that first hall this year seemed to be a lot better than where everyone was stood the year before. I don't know if you agree that the the year before seemed a bit cramped in where all the the exhibitors were, whereas this year there seemed to be a bit more space. Obviously, it was bigger. There was more people exhibiting in that area as well. Yeah, I think so. I think it. I don't know. I think I've kind of got like a bad memory for stuff. If I think the space for exhibitors felt bigger to me two years ago, but that was my first aircon. And I think it kind of merged into that room where you could just sit down and play as well, didn't it? Yeah, so actually, it did, yeah, yeah. It kind of wasn't as separate. So, yeah, I'm probably misremembering it a lot, but I think it felt like there were a lot more different people there last year, for sure. That's um, quite a good coincidence. It was my first year of Aircon that year as well. So, uh, <laughs> I, so yeah, all three no, of us, yeah. Yeah, that's it. So, oh, cool. Oh, fresh Aircon buddies then. But, yeah, um, yeah. but I think one of the big differences that, this year's aircon made was that the previous one i suppose it's not this year's anymore this year's anyway sorry tangent um that that original year's uh, aircon the difference really was when you came in you sort of came in side on to all the stores yeah. whereas this year when you came in you came in and it was like you had both uh, almost channels walkways down the ex- exhibitions you didn't sort of have to go around everything to enter and so yeah, as a result, you yeah. can, it was much easier to just go, oh, that looks good. I'll just go down that route rather than, and then there was the gaming at the end rather yeah, yeah. than like going, well, I'm here for the gaming. So instead of going left and, you know, seeing all of these stalls, I'll go right, see half of them and then get to the gaming. So I feel like it, the way it was laid out this time was so much better orientated in terms of giving exhibitors a chance, which obviously I care about, whilst at the same time, um, letting people uh, experience what there is to offer while still getting to the main event for Recon, which is playing the games. Yeah, yeah, it was it, almost like IKEA, wasn't it? You had to they channeled you through everyone to get to the second bit of it. So while people, like you say, might not have preliminarily been going to see the the exhibitors, they might walk past your stand and go, "Oh, that looks interesting," and then they'll go and investigate it. Whereas, like you say before they could bypass a lot of that. And I think there was areas the previous year where you didn't have to even go near the exhibitors and it was just like play uh, play areas where you could walk in off the street straight into one of those. So yeah, it, it did feel a lot nicer that it sort of channeled you through that big event at the beginning and then you got into the open play areas. And I think, I think the two things, Andy, you mentioned you thought it felt like a bigger area. I don't know if the reason I'm thinking this year felt, well, again, last year felt bigger, was because... It was a much higher ceiling. As stupid as that sounds, it felt like a bigger area because the the other one was like a low ceiling, wasn't it? Whereas this was right up to the top of the building. It just felt yeah. like there was more space to it. I don't know 
if that was actually the case or it's just how I interpreted it. But also things felt more connected for me at the last one. The, the one previous, it was like, right, all the exhibits are here and there's a bit of open gaming. Then you have to walk through like a conservatory and a foyer and up some stairs and then there's a bit more open gaming and then there's a bring and buy off down another little path. Yeah. And this year it just felt like it was one continuous line from exhibitors through that. There's the, the bring and buy. There's the playtesting area. There's more open gaming. If you want to go right, there's the food up around the back. And it just all felt like it was in enclosed, which brings us on to the food because that's always a highlight for me. <laughs> I think they do a great job of putting on really affordable, a good variety of food. To say they've not got much of an area to do it, you've got most things covered. I think there was Greek, there was uh, crepes and waffles, there was pizza, there was like a poutine and, and stuff that did that kind of thing. There was uh, street food, like Thai street food, was it? So they've covered a lot of bases in a really small area. And the price, I don't think, is bad. You go to UKG. I mean, first year I went to UKG, we were on a stand. So I, the only food I really had access to was the ones that was in the gaming hall. And I think I paid about 16 quid for a burger and chips. And the burger tasted like it had been on the thing all day it was like a hockey puck and i just i was so depressed sat eating it and then <laughs> to go to aircon and pay like eight quid for a full pizza that they cook in like three minutes it's just different worlds yeah no i i'm fully on board with this because uh, I, I, I i'm a vegetarian and you go to ukg there's none of that good luck if, if you're lucky there'll there'll be maybe one thing that is mm. that doesn't have meat in it. But aircon, you've got loads of options. And like you say, like it's not just a case of like they cook your whole pizza. You're talking a proper loaded thing with asparagus on it and, and all kinds of fancy ingredients. It's like gourmet stuff. Like that's fantastic. Mm. And and considering how much trade and how much money and all the rest of it that uh, UKG gets, you would think offering more high value food would go a long way. But yeah, Aircon by far blows it out of the water for me. Yeah, I'd agree with that. And I think, I think was it last year I ended up on my daughter's Korean fried chicken because she'd got that and I had some else. <laughs> I'd had some, I'd had some from that Greek place, which was really good. And then I think we ended up splitting it half and half in the end. But I think there's kind of a, a broader point there, kind of Larry, that you're, that, I, that kind of resonates for me certainly, that I think it just feels really welcoming and it feels really accessible for everybody because those things are taken into account you know, on even when you pick your badge up and you land your at the beginning, it's like, here's a pen, write your name on, do you want to put your pronouns on there? I think little touches like that, I think, make it feel like a really comfortable event for everybody. Yeah. And we went, I think we went, well, maybe it was two years ago. So what was that? 2022, I think was actually our first one. Yeah. And I kind of felt like I was going to be really out of my depth. I wasn't going to I guess kind of fit in. I was going to feel like I was standing out, and actually, it didn't feel like that at all. Mm. And I think that's that sort of stuff doesn't happen by accident. Yeah. And there's something really quite deliberate about how it's kind of set up to flow well. How it's kind of thinking about what are people going to want when they're there. How do you kind of price it so it's thinking about you know people that you know play all sorts of massive games you know over a weekend, people that are there with young kids. I think it's just. It's really, really well put together. No, definitely. Yeah, I agree. And I think it's, you just look at it and you go, they've thought about pretty much every detail. I don't know if they did it last year, but I know the year before the first one I went to, they had like in the toilets, they had like refresh stations that had deodorant and stuff like that. And it that feels like it's like 
bordering on the line of are people going to like this or are people going to be insulted by this? But I think it's a nice thing to do. Like they don't have to do that, and they just chucked them in there if anyone wanted to use them. And it's just it feels like they've thought about everything and gone what would make this more accessible or what would make this easier for people or what would make this take anxiety away from people as somebody who suffers with anxiety quite a lot i just feel so at home at those events and i don't ever feel stressed or pressured or do you know what i mean there's none of that it is all just fun and yeah i just i I think it's such a nice event and yeah last year's was great and i'm really interested to see moving on to this this year's what they change if anything or whether they're gonna think last year we nailed it let's just let's just stick to what we know and do the same thing again i mean you might have a bit of an insight on this laurie because you you've probably seen the layout if you've booked your your stand already i don't know if they (laughs) they work in the same way or not or whether you're allowed to mention it i would love i would love to be able to give you the the sort of behind the scenes (laughs) skinny on it but i'll be honest with you um we had you have to book it like six months in advance in order to get a slot and so it has been about six months since i looked at that map i just don't have that kind of memory (laughs) (laughs) but to be honest with you i think one of the things you were saying just before that i I have to comment on which is just that you know it it feels really welcoming and all the rest of it and i think one of the things that i love most about aircon and as a exhibitor you would think it would almost be the other way around but it's it's a it's a convention aimed at providing for gamers, not necessarily for selling to gamers. Yeah. You're, it feels like a, a convention, not only designed, but upkept by people who would have gone to these conventions in the first place. They're, they're providing an atmosphere that they themselves would want to go to because they are their own, they are the clientele, you know. Whereas UKG, and quite rightly, it's the biggest one in the entire country and, you know, it is what it is. It feels focused on business. It feels focused on providing a space for everyone to show what they have. And that, that makes sense. But Aircon is, like you say, that much more personal. It creates a welcoming atmosphere, even for people who aren't used to that. And and it means that even as an exhibitor, you, you come across people who are much more relaxed, much more eager to sort of like stop and actually look at what you have, as opposed to being like, well, I've got 700 more stools to look at. Can I, am I going to spend time looking at it? <laughs> oh, I don't know. I better move on. And that's, you know, I, on the one hand, it means the people that you come by, they've come by because they're actually already to some degree invested. They're already decided this is something I want to spend my time on. And so therefore probably also my money. But on the other hand, Aircon, when you have people come by, you actually get to make that connection. And I, and I feel like that's showing through the whole thing. Uh, that sort of personalization, that person-centered approach. It's not just the convention. It's also the kind of what you get to give as an exhibitor. And so, yeah, I really love that about it. Yeah, and I feel like it's it's an event that even if it did get bigger than it is now, it wouldn't lose that. Even if it got to the size of a UKG-type event, which I don't necessarily think that is what they're going for. But I think if they ever did do that, I still think it'd have that personal feel because I feel like they'd keep the spirit of it's more, like you say, for gamers than retailers. And the retailers are almost incidental to the gaming. It's like, well, we've got all these gamers in one place. We may as well put the retail side on it, which is brilliant. And especially for for like when you're demoing new games or you want to get feedback and play tests and all that kind of thing, it works perfectly because you've got... a 
an audience there that are interested and want to play those games. But yeah, I think, and especially now they've split it into three events over the year, I think it is now, isn't it? That to me sort of says they're not wanting to focus on one massive event. They'd rather do littler ones in in different areas so it's again more accessible for more people which again i'd love to have gone to all three but we just couldn't make it happen but we're we're doing the the is it aircon prime i think they were referring to it on the last podcast we did about aircon we'll aim for aircon prime and then maybe this year we might get to go to a couple of the other ones is there anything in particular you guys are looking forward to at this year's or is it a a winging it type of situation and you'll see what happens i think um I think I've got a fairly good chance of meeting up with a few people that I've not seen for a while, and that typically leads to a traditional game of Skull King, where I do really well for about four rounds and then completely crash and burn on every <laughs> subsequent round. So I'm looking forward to that. There's definitely going to be a few different groups of people that I'm hoping to play a couple of different things with. I think we're going to try and play Robot Quest Arena, aren't we, Jay? Hopefully, yeah. Although <laughs> I, f- I feel like it's just going to make me more jealous if I play it than I already am. But hopefully we can get a game of that in, yeah. See how we feel about that one, yeah. And I guess I'm hoping to have a peruse the bring and buy, but not with quite as much gusto as I've done in the last couple of years. I think for the first time, actively looking to try and sell some stuff off the shelf, yeah, for the first time. So that'll be in, that'll be an interesting experience, and I think I'm hoping that's one of the things they've thought about a little differently for this year, because I, I think those queues in the first couple of days were a bit intense, weren't they? Personally, I... Obviously, the vast majority of my time there is going to be spent on the stall. And to be honest, what that means for me is the thing I'm most looking forward to are the people who are going to come by. The uh, most, I suppose, I, I'm not going to say hardcore because that sounds like the kind of you know frothing in the mouth kind of thing. But but like <laughs> you know some of the, some of our most I suppose avid fans, some of our some of the people we've really made a connection with are people that we've met at Aircon. Uh, and not to mention, actually, you know, you've got you've got Aircon in in March, and then you've got UKGE in uh, in June, and that means that like, unless you're going to go to Tabletop Scotland, which is way way up north, a hell of a hell of a trip to make, which as someone down in Brighton, even more so, that kind of means that you haven't seen any of those people in person for almost like you know nine months, and. Yeah. And that's that's a long time. So so Aircon for us is kind of like our chance to not only go there and have that sort of personal touch with those people, but all the people we've met in the last two years, we're finally sort of able to see them again and go, oh, how you been? You know, it's, it's been so long. It's, it's it's great. You know, here's what we're working on. You know, get it gets you that excitement back. It gets you as as a as a not only publisher but also designer being able to put stuff in front of them and not only see them excited for it, but also if there's a playtestable version, then see them enjoy it. That, you know, that lights my fire in a lot of ways to keep going. And that's that's what makes me do what I do. So having Aircon is like that perfect chance to sort of reignite, you know? Um, so that's that's what I'm excited about. Yeah, yeah, I agree with that. It's the same same for us. We don't get to see a lot of people. So people that you, you'll probably know, Laurie. So Tom from Trolls and Rerolls, Tom from Mayfly. I, I don't really see them from one year to the next apart from at these events. So yeah. yeah, getting there and seeing them and just being able to, even when they're standing, getting to play their games if they've got something new or they've made tweaks to their existing games and then actually seeing them afterwards and catching up over a pint and and getting a game of something in usually skull we'll just sit and play skull all night because it, it gets everyone a bit riled up it's just so nice to get to do that and 
it's it's the perfect excuse to do that, I suppose. Like, if it wasn't for these events, we probably wouldn't see each other because we'd say, oh, let's sort something out and meet up, and then it just wouldn't ever happen. Whereas this is there, and it's something that everyone gravitates to on these occasions. Like you say, it just it is so nice to walk in, and that atmosphere hits as soon as you walk through the door, and you go around, and you're like, oh, there's yay games, oh, there's... Do you know what I mean? You see them all from one year to the next, and you go and say, oh, how are you doing, what you, what you up to... As a as a visitor and and sort of like at UKG, I had the press pass, which was nice because I could come across with a little bit more authority when I was talking to, me, even though I had no clue what I was doing. As somebody who's a bit insecure about my knowledge of board gaming, it was nice to have that feeling. And and like you say, everyone's so accepting at Aircon. You can ask a stupid question, and and people just sort of laugh it off and and give you the answer. Whereas I feel like at other events, sometimes it's like, oh, you don't know about this, and and you know what I mean. It's a little a little bit judgy at times. Whereas at Aircon, it isn't. So, yeah, I'm I'm really looking forward to catching up with everyone. We'll have our annual game of pugs and mugs at, at your stand, I expect, because that Excellent. is genuinely genuinely one of our favourite games because we've never played it with anyone who hasn't just got it straight away and really got into it. I really appreciate so straight, that. so straightforward to pick up, but actually quite nuanced when you start playing it and there's quite a lot of strategy to it and we we actually had a game over christmas from my mum and dad because they're getting on and they they totally understand pugs and mugs it's straight away we put it on the table you know what we're playing <laughs> and my dad's strategy is genuinely just to mess everyone else's game up he doesn't even care if he wins his strategy is purely to steal cards off other people and ruin them and try to stop them from winning and it went on for quite a while because of that because he was just sabotaging anyone he could get his hands on but yeah it was so much fun we we played that over christmas and we had a blast with it and it's i think i've bought two copies of it now because we lost one so i bought a new one and then we found the original so we've we've got a copy in in ours and my mum and dad's now for quick games well don't worry that's two that's one you've bought for each year of aircon so all i can say is keep (laughs) it up there you go. Might have to, <laughs> might have to buy, uh, buy a deck to gift to someone this year. That's it. That's the spirit. And then interesting <laughs> to see, I know you posted on Facebook the other day about two new games that you've potentially got in the pipeline. So Absolutely. I don't know if you'll be talking about those at Aircon or if you want to give us a little sneak preview now and, and a little plug for some of your games, feel free. Ooh, I could do <laughs> if, if I'm allowed. All right. Yeah, well, um, excellent. So basically we're looking to... I don't know if you've noticed, actually, we, we basically have gone from a small game to a big game. And rather than decide, oh, yeah, you know, now we know what we're doing with launching a small game and launching a big game. Now we're going to do a TTRPG. So we're going to switch it up all over again, do something completely different. We're basically doing a, uh, it's a role-playing game. It's designed to, it's kind of designed to be both solo playable, but also you're able to play it in a group. So we're effectively looking to provide a kind of test play thing off the bat for free so people can try it out have a go on their own or with friends and then as a result we'll release kind of like a small thing with a campaign option in a like in, in a crowdfunder down the line so the game itself is basically about it's kind of like post-civil war you are you're a small band of basically freedom fighters looking to put together a community that is like providing sort of acceptance and hope and everything like that in a world which is full of turmoil and you're going out and you're trying to sort of push back against like fascists and other lot and whilst at the same time bringing other folks who are in trouble back and building up a community that thrives and um and and how that shapes 
but the most important thing about it is that it the game mechanics are actually centered around creating the personalities of your characters as you play. So rather than starting with the character sheet and you build everything up and then you begin playing, you have a very stripped back kind of character thing. You, you have some people and their names and a bit about them. And then as you go, as you experience things, as you come across situations and other stuff, you add in new personality traits to people, uh, to your characters that further empower them. So it's it's kind of all about how how what we know about each other and how we connect with each other empowers us to be able to make the change we want to see. So that's, that is what it is. And it's called Why We Fight. So that is our TTRPG. It will be, uh, in fact, playable, test playable at Aircon. So uh, come on by. I, I'd love to run a game for you guys. That's, Brilliant. Yeah. That sounds really interesting. Awesome. It's, it's awesome. appealing to me because I come from the video game background more. It, it's sounding very sort of like, not Fallout, I suppose, because that's nuclear war, but the the whole like building your character traits and what meshes together well and what works best for the group and that kind of thing. I like the that's sound it. of that. So yeah, I would absolutely love to come and give that a go. And if, if anyone else wants to go and uh, check out the stop, drop and roll stand at Aircon and get yourself Thanks. a game or just, just go and play Pugs and Mugs because that is fantastic <laughs> as well. I guarantee you'll want to buy a copy after you've demoed it. Excellent. Is that the one you'll be focusing on this year or will you have anything else with you? So we're going to be focusing on that this year, but we are releasing stuff uh, kind of in advance about our next board game that we're working on. So we're kind of like, we're doing Why We Fight and then we're moving on back to board games afterwards. And we're doing, we're working currently on a game called Sonifrenia. And basically that is all about extracting dreams from people, bottling them, and then selling them to a, a market that is constantly changing. But by extracting people's dreams and selling them, you inadvertently have a second phase of the game where you basically break the barriers between the human subconscious, cause a horrible disaster, and have to work together in order to try and rebalance everything. Otherwise, everybody loses. So it is basically a competitive game that's sort of about uh, that kind of business sort of side of things, a little bit like, say, Quacks of Quidlinburg. Whilst at the same time, you've, you've got like a semi-cooperative end point where, you know, maybe maybe you do want to to save the situation and, and, and put this situation back from the horrible disaster you've caused. But at the same time, if you do manage that and you, you, you know, whoever it is that has the most money is the one that wins. So it's that sort of balancing act of like, do you put your money into making things better or do you assume that other people will be doing that and make your cash while you can? And so, yeah, there's that kind of balance to it. So far, we've been doing loads of in-person play tests and it's been going on really, really well. I'm super proud of how it's been uh, developing and it's come a long way from where it was when we first started. And that was why we kind of made the decision that like we want to sort of announce it in advance. We're like, yeah, this is going to be what we're going to be doing next. We'd, we'd like to start showing it off early start building some hype around it whilst we're doing why we fight and then that way we can you know properly launch it afterwards and hopefully not have so much of a gap as we've had between our last two games yeah oh, that sounds really good as well i did when i read the little description of it on facebook it intrigued me straight away and hearing the, a little bit more description of it it does sound really good so i'll be keeping up to, to date on that one as well will you have anything to sell with you at aircon just before we move on certainly will yeah we'll, we'll have uh, pugs and mugs of course and uh, we'll also have earth rising which is now fully available so brilliant and just before we do move on i'll just give a, a little 
tip of the hat to Rob for his uh, fantastic artwork. Oh, yeah. The Pugs and Mugs artwork is fantastic, and we actually got our copy of Cake of Doom about two months ago, and we've played a few games of it. And again, the artwork on that is stunning. He does such a good job. Phenomenal. So I would feel bad if we didn't mention him when we're talking about Pugs and Mugs. (laughs) I have to say I am I am blessed to be able to work with him. Uh, he he's his art is as good as as it is to know him. He's just a great guy. So he was he was the one that drew us into Pugs and Mugs. Him and him and Ree initially. I think you must have been on a break. So we uh, <laughs> he taught us how to play it, and uh, that's what drew us into getting the first copy. So yeah, I can't I can uh, back that up. He is he is great, and he's he knows his stuff as well, doesn't he? When he his his excitement for something is infectious. <laughs> <laughs> so everything at Aircon we're looking forward to. I think it is going to be a plate by ear for me as well. There's there's a couple of things I've seen. Like I'd I'd like to come and check out that game that that you've just gone over. There's a couple of others that I've sort of had on my radar to play in the sort of lending library if they've got it. The the robot quest is one which I'm hoping Andy's going to with him but i also i did buy a copy of one percent after hearing you and nick talk about it on the last episode we did and i was like yeah i need a copy of that because it just sounds like skull with more steps so that sounds perfect (laughs) for me so there's there's i'm hoping to get a game of that because we and i also somebody got me the the traitors card game for christmas but it's like a four i think it's four plus players yeah, it so, is. Yeah. so me and Amy haven't been able to give that one a go yet, so I might bring that with me and see if I can grab a group of people. I did want to play Blood on the Clock Tower, but Drew's not coming this year, and he's the only person I know that's got a copy of it. So we might see if we can jump into somebody else's game if somebody else is hosting one. But yeah, I think for me it is I'm looking more forward to playing games this year. The previous two years it's been more looking forward to going and buying games, whereas this year my shelves are full now, so... I need to start playing something I've got rather than going and buying something else. Yeah. Which is the perfect event to do it at, really, isn't it? There's definitely Blood on the Clock Tower is going to be there. There's games running it? about. It's on the schedule, yeah. Oh, it's uh, it's the guy from who was in the first series of Traitors is running it as well. Is that Ivan? Yeah, Ivan, yeah, yeah. Ivan Brett's running it. I, I've actually played Blood on the Clock Tower with him. He's great. Oh, excellent. Yeah, I went. I went for a couple of games before. Was it around Halloween with Drew, who's kind of one of the other other mm. chaps off the podcast? And I am terrible at it. People can just come and lie to my face, and I will believe them. <laughs> I am the most gullible person imaginable. It's kind of yeah, really kind of showed me a lot about myself that I didn't believe to be true. So. <laughs> <laughs> the the opposite yeah. happened with me. I played it for the first time at Aircon last year and uh, got the got the imp straight off the bat, and so uh, and and won. And so I was like, oh, you know, I've never played this game before. I'm probably going to lose real fast. But no, no, I'm a conniving bugger. <laughs> I think I did mention the last time we discussed this. I've I've had two games so far, and I've been the is it like the devil, the like the main bad guy, the first game, and then the imp, the second game. So I've never played as a, like any of the townspeople, and I've won. I'm undefeated. I won both games. The first game did nearly cost me my relationship because. It was um, me and Amy and one other person left, and I was convinced she was my imp by this point because we tried to bump the other person off and they'd not died, but it turned out they had the shield or something, so they they didn't. And um, I went to one side with my partner, Amy, and said, oh, so you're my imp? And she's like, no, you must be, you must be. And she's like, no, I'm not. She's like, I'm going to go and tell them all. So she like ran back to the table 
And I ran back and went, she just told me that I must be her imp and I'm not. So she must be. And she's like, I can't believe you've done this. (laughs) And then everyone (laughs) sided with me. And I felt terrible, to be fair, but it worked because they all uh, killed her off and and we ended up winning. So, yeah, it was a it was a fun first couple of games that because it nearly got me in a bit of hot water. But it's one of those games that I've only ever played with people I sort of know as well. So I don't know how I'd get on in a situation where I didn't know anyone else. I think I'd be a lot more reserved than I'd. I was in those two games, so it'd be a different atmosphere for me. I'm keen to try it, but yeah, that's that's something I'll probably look out for. And I, I'm struggling to get my head off the pizza, to be honest. I know it's not related <laughs> to not related to board gaming at all, but that pizza's so good. I can't wait to get back and get one of them. But yeah, jokes yeah, aside, it's I'll, such a oh, go on, Andy. I was going to say I'll be uh, constantly dragging my daughter away from the crepe stand. That's kind of one thing. And <laughs> oh man, um, She'll be she'll be hunting down the entire Watch It Play gang for the third year in a row. Um, that's kind of our aircon tradition. Aircon tradition is having a photo with everybody from Watch It Played. And we got to, we had we had a game of sea salt and paper with Paula Deming last year. She was kind enough to organise that with us. So I'm sure my daughter will be after something similar for for March again as well. Excellent. Well, hopefully we can get a little bucket list board gamers gaming group together from the people that that go this year and play at least one or two games together and get a few pictures maybe and yeah and and hopefully uh, catch up with a few old friends which is again as I say that's the bit I'm really looking forward to and I think that's that rings true for a lot of people that goes that attends this event definitely so if that if no one else has got anything to add, I think I know it's, it's probably not been the best preview of Aircon because we didn't have any information about it and we didn't really talk about <laughs> anything specific. We were going. We got the month think, right in the end. I don't know what else. Yeah, people yeah. Are from. <laughs> <laughs> yes, fourteenth to seventeenth of March. March, and I think yeah. maybe we should say at the time of us saying this that you can still buy tickets. Yes, tickets maybe still available. Helpful. It is in Harrogate as well, which I think we may have or may not have we mentioned. So, mentioned that, yeah. Which, again, harking back to the, the food options thing and saying that UKG doesn't have much and Aircon has loads. Aircon didn't really need to have loads because it's got a whole town like just outside yeah. the front door full of food, whereas Air, whereas UKG, I know it's got the thing over the way, but it's, it's more restaurants and nighttime stuff, isn't it? So, again, a weird choice that they don't cater to more people, I suppose unnecessary tangent there i just thought i'd mention that but yeah i think we've got the point across more than anything of what a nice event aircon is yeah. i think that's the yeah. main thing to to take from this is if you've if you're a bit apprehensive about going to a board gaming convention don't be with this one because it's such a nice welcoming environment and it's a good entry point to to go into these things. I mean, I did the first event I ever went to was UKG. I wasn't a board gamer at all. I liked board games, but it was all the standard Monopoly Cluedo kind of thing, and I never had anyone to play them with, so I just didn't. And I went to help a friend stand at UKG year after COVID, so it was a bit quieter than uh, it had probably been in previous years. And that was a bit... We were on a stand, so I was a bit shielded from it, but that even then was a bit much for a first event. But at the same time, I sort of did fall in love with it and go, I really like this community and this this atmosphere. And then he did another thing at Aircon the year after, which was my first. Went along to that, and Tom from Trolls was standing there, and we, we ended up chatting with him for a bit. And he ended up staying at our house because he would have had a four-hour drive back to London otherwise. And I told him that was stupid, so he came and stayed at ours. And 
he had a spare ticket, an exhibit ticket. So the next day, me and Amy went with him, and that's when she sort of got into it. And I don't know if she'd have got into it as much if she'd have gone to UKG as rather than starting at Aircon first. So it is yeah. a really nice place to get introduced to it all, I think, and and just take it steady. And there's no pressure, I think, is the like you said earlier on, you don't have 700 stands to get around. You've got like yeah. 40 or 50, and then you can just go and relax and go back to the ones you want to enjoy playing games with people. So that would be my message to anyone listening to this that's considering going. Just do it because you won't regret it. You'll have so much fun. And and Harrogate's a lovely place as well. So you've also got that surrounding if you want to stay over an extra couple of days or you want an hour away from the hustle and bustle of gaming, you can walk up into the town, go and pay an absolute fortune for a sausage roll at Betty's Tea Room. Or <laughs> I was going to say, you can swap the queue at the bring and buy for the queue at Betty's, can't you? Uh, <laughs> yeah. All the queues you can wish for. I have to say, like as much as the snow caused trouble last year, obviously I literally got there, got my stall up and was basically there for the whole time, didn't go outside until like the evening. But coming outside in the evening after having, you know, wound down, played a few games, come outside into Harrogate, covered in snow. Ah, oh, it was beautiful. Absolutely yeah. beautiful. What what a way to end the evening. And yeah, it's just it's it is one of those those sort of places really where it's it's I mean Pardon the pun, it was covered in snow, but it's really chill. Um, <laughs> yeah. You know, it's just... It's one of those yeah. really relaxed, sort of quaint... And you say quaint, but it is quite a big place, but it still manages yeah. to retain that, that atmosphere of like a small village almost, even though it yeah, isn't. Yeah. And there is a board game shop, I think, up in the town as well. So if you've not got you fill by the end of Aircon and you're staying for a few <laughs> extra days, you can head up into the town and there's a board game shop up there that you can go and pick some other stuff up from. So your options are, are unlimited in Harrogate, really, and there is there is some great places to eat. There's some uh, some nice parks and stuff, and then you've got Nairsborough just down the road, which is an absolutely stunning place. We we visited there one day as well. So, yeah, if, if, you, if you can find accommodation by this point, why not make a week of it and uh, and explore <laughs> the surrounding areas as well? basically jay jay your your feedback on on aircon as a whole is basically aircon come for the food stay for the board games <laughs> yeah yeah there you go they ought to put that as a tagline i've I've written yeah. some marketing for it <laughs> <laughs> no i do i do love the gaming and i love the interaction and the, the the atmosphere and like you say seeing people you don't get to see for the majority of the year in an environment that they're so comfortable in as well and it's it's just nice to see everybody else feeling the same way and not stressed, not not too too rushed off the feet like you get at UKG, because I know Kay, little plug for Kay, because she's not on this episode, she'll be there with Geeky Meeple 3D printing. And yeah. I mean, to be fair, she was swamped at Aircon last year when <laughs> their stand was never dead. There was just crowd drowned it the whole, the whole time. But it, even so, it was still a more relaxed experience than I think UKG was for a, a couple of months later. So, yeah, everyone just is, like you say, chill. It's just such a chilled out experience. But, yeah, I think that probably brings our, our little aircon preview to an end. So we will finish, as we always do, by asking where we can find you. So, Andy, where can we find you? Yeah, you can find me on Instagram at Senseless. And Laurie, where can we uh, where can we find you if people want to check out your games and what you've got coming up? So our website is uh, sdrgames.studio, 
and on social media we are basically SDR games uh, across the board. Generally though, the website has access to all of our social media and um, we should be pretty easy to search for. So yeah, SDR games, come check us out. Perfect. And you can find him at Aircon. We don't know what stand, but look <laughs> look, look for the bright blue hair. I assume you'll still have that when, when we get to Aircon. I'm kicking myself for uh, for not, not thinking ahead enough to get the stand number in advance. I'm very silly. <laughs> I tell you what, I'll put it in the uh, in the the description of the episode. So if you if you get it me afterwards, I'll stick it down there. And if you want him to find them at Aircon, check out that link. Uh, uh, I'll put the links to the website in as well, and then I'll put the stand number. So check out the description if you want to go and and play some of those games we discussed earlier on. And I'm Jay, and you can find me on Inst- well, you can find us as in me and Eddie on Instagram at Bucketless Gamers, which is our sister podcast, which focuses more on the digital side of gaming. But I think that's my cue to say that we've run over because we only plan to do half an hour. But I'm I'm not too disappointed because I think we really did get some some good points across, and it's made me I don't know about you two, but it's made me really excited now to get to Aircon. If it was tomorrow, I'd be happy. Hundred percent months to wait but i'm sure it'll fly eight by. weeks eight weeks today oh there you go eight weeks at point of recording so it'll yeah. probably be seven weeks hopefully if i get this edited in <laughs> in the uh, in prompt time and yeah we hopefully see you there if you i mean you don't know what any of us look like but if you do see us there and, and you know who we are come and say hello and yeah, yeah. thank you for listening and that's uh, goodbye from me and uh, goodbye from me and goodbye from me. I'll see you at Stand L13 because I've just found it. There we go. So... Oh, there you go. Stand L13 <laughs> for a game of pugs or to try out some of the new uh, the new games. So brilliant. Thank you for joining us, Laurie. As um, hopefully you can come on again in in future if you've enjoyed it yeah. and we've we've not intimidated you too much with bullying you not about stand all. numbers would... and whatnot. <laughs> <laughs> I would love to. I'll be better prepared next time. Brilliant. Thank you for listening, everyone, and goodbye. Bye for now. Bye-bye.